Welcome to the latest podcast from Greyfriars Church in Reading. Our vision is to see Reading transformed by the love and power of Jesus. You can find out more on our website, greyfriars.org.uk. Enjoy. Good morning and Happy New Year again. Please do keep uh, your Bible open on your phone or in printed form, Hebrews 11. Um, I wonder how 2024 is looking for you. As you begin this new year, what are you looking at in these next 12 months? Imagine, like most of us, there's probably a mix of uh, some joys, I hope, and some uncertainties and some anxieties and a whole load of questions. And my prayer for each one of us and for us as a church as we go into this new year is, is simple, really. It's that we all would grow in faith this year. That we would grow in faith, that we would be full of faith. Faith that moves mountains, faith that changes our lives and the way in which we see God at work in us and through us every single day of our lives. The Bible speaks of different levels of faith. We read about little faith and growing faith and great faith. And so I want to ask you as you begin this new year, and I want you to think now, what would this year look like if you were overflowing with faith? Just think about what lies ahead, work and school and family and health and finances, all these things. How would your attitude and perspective be different if you were brimming with faith as you looked ahead to these next 12 months? We're going to take four weeks to work our way through Hebrews 11 and into the first few verses of Hebrews chapter 12, looking at God's story through history. And alongside that, we're going to interweave some of your stories of what God is doing through you and through the ministries and the mission here at church, but through your everyday lives, through your prayers for your families, through your work, through your school, and through your interaction with your neighbours. So I'm encouraging you to be thinking and uh, hopefully sharing some stories of what God has been doing and is doing among you. And in fact, we're going to start, I did slightly preempt this. George, can you, uh, are you up for this? Uh, George is going to come and tell us briefly about what has, God has been doing um, in his family. Thank you, David. So a few of you may be aware that Rachel's dad was diagnosed with bowel cancer, and we've all been praying, praying daily for God's miracles, praying in faith, as David was asking, how much faith do you have? So we started with mustard seed faith and started praying, and he went through his chemo and radio, got the first round of reports that the surgeon could not believe that there was not even a single cancerous cell when they diagnosed him after his treatment. We rejoiced in faith, and we then got the news that he has to have regular scans. Those who have had cancer know that it could take up to 10 years to get the all clear. So he went for another scan, and that came also very positively that it was clear. Just before Christmas, he had another scan, 
We were waiting for the call from the surgeon. It didn't come during Christmas Eve or just after Christmas. We were waiting for the New Year call. It didn't come. But yesterday the call came back saying, he is all clear. And I just want to thank God for his amazing goodness in our lives. And as we look into Hebrews, just to encourage you that no matter how much faith you have, God is always going to encourage you to have even more faith. So I just want to thank God. I just want to thank everyone who's prayed. And just to encourage each one of you, let 2024 help you to overflow in your faith. Amazing, George. Thank you. Thank you. It's encouraging, isn't it? I mean, that's one story. And each one of you will have a story of what God has been doing. And some of them will be small and some of them will be big, but it doesn't matter. And so I'm just encouraging you, think, dwell on, be prepared to share the stories of what God is doing. Because as we hear them, our faith rises. So let's pray and then we're going to have a look at these words of Hebrews 11 together. Lord, we want to thank you that as we sang at the beginning of this service, that you are good and you are strong. And Lord, that nothing is impossible for you. And we're sorry for those times when we've just made faith being about turning up to church and singing some songs and then going home and dwelling in our challenges. And Lord, we hear this testimony of your goodness at work and we thank you for bringing healing and wholeness to Rachel's dad. We thank you, Lord, for the many ways in which you are at work, seen and unseen amongst us, your people, here in this church and as we scatter throughout the week across Reading and, and far further afield. And I want to pray, Lord, at the beginning of this year, that faith would rise. Faith rise in each one of us. Lord, give us the gift of faith. Increase our faith that we would boldly step out, trusting in you with childlike faith, and we would all be able to testify to your goodness and your power at work. In the name of Jesus we ask. Amen. Now, if I were to ask you what, uh, what, what lies ahead for you in this new year, 2024, uh, you might be able to tell me some things. You're probably hoping for certain things. You might be fearful of other things. But my guess is for most of us, certainly for me, I just don't know. There is far more that I cannot see than that which I can see. And the writer to the Hebrews tells us that faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. And what we do not always see, but what we're to have hope in is the power of God at work in miraculous and mysterious ways in and through you in this world that we are part of. I absolutely love this letter to the Hebrew church. And... Um, I want to encourage you to read it, and I want to encourage you to read it this afternoon, and here's the reason why. I'm having so many conversations with the people at the moment who are saying, David, it's the beginning of the new year, Christmas is over, it's dark, it's cold, I'm struggling at work, I'm battling when I read the news, it's all very depressing, and my advice as a pastor to all of you is let the light 
in. Read God's word, people. You need to let the light in. Go home this afternoon, spend 45 minutes reading the book of Hebrews. It will encourage you and guide you in your life. Start reading the Bible in one year again. It's only the 7th of January. It's not too late. Open God's word and let the light of Jesus in. You need it. I need it. And we find that the more we do it, the more we live in hope and our faith rises. Now, when we come to this um, book of Hebrews, we don't know who wrote it exactly, but it was written to a group of Jewish Christians, hence its name. And the writer is spurring on the church. He's effectively saying to a group of persecuted Christians, those who are in a minority compared to those around them, and that's us, keep going. Don't give up on walking with God, trusting in God, living in faith. And these people that uh, he writes this letter to are really up against it. Up to this point, he, the writer has been laying out his doctrine and his theology. He's, if you flick through the book, he, he's been saying Jesus is greater than the angels, greater than Moses, greater than the high priest, greater than anyone or anything else. And having explained in chapter 10 Christ's sacrifice on the cross, he then gives us this brilliant outworking of what faith looks like what it looks like to have faith. And as Io said, in the NIV version of our Bibles, it's entitled Faith in Action. And these verses are life-giving because in them we read this list of men and women who have demonstrated great faith. But most importantly, perhaps, all of them have gone through huge challenge and great adversity. Life was not straightforward for this group of men and women. We read about battles and enemies and prison and persecution, fire, floods, wild animals coming at them. Now, uh, it may just be me, but those are not generally my challenges, and I would guess not yours. But yours probably look a bit more like bereavement, sudden loss, relationship difficulties, family breakups, sickness, work issues, unemployment or opposition. God never promised that life with him would be easy. He never said, come to me and I'll give you an easy life. But he has promised, as we remember at Christmas, that he is with us, always. And he has promised that those of us with faith will enter into an eternity with him without pain or suffering. And that promise is for those who trust in God, who put their faith in Jesus, even when we don't see God. Now, for some people, as you know, in the world, it's just a step far too big to take, to believe that how can I trust in a God when I cannot see him? But the writer to the Hebrews points to God's hand at work throughout history. 
And he begins in verse 3 with creation itself. Whilst you and I can't see God face to face, we can see his creation around us. And through his creation, we see the creator. Think for a minute about the wonder and the awe and the majesty of creation. Think about the intricacy of one living cell, life itself. Think about the complexity and the diversity of life on earth. Watch some of David Attenborough's programs just to get a glimpse of how complex and wonderful and mysterious this world is. Think about the mathematical precision of the laws of physics and chemistry, most of which I do not understand at all. An atheist scientist would want to say that there is the answer. I would want to say that the more I understand, the more I see that science and faith go hand in hand together. It's just that we as humanity are slow to understand the world around us and to see how this world maps onto the story of creation that we read in the Bible. Think about the mind-blowing nature of the galaxies that lie beyond this earth. The rain has finished for a few days. We're going to have clear skies. Look up at the sky at night and wonder at the awe of this universe that God has made. Think about the storms we have had. The raw power of nature. God-given, created nature. The wind, the waves, the rain lashing down in these last few days. All of this is God's hand, it's God's creation here on this earth. But just like these storms, I can't remember all the names, but there was Agnes and Babette and Fergus and this week's offering was Henk, I think, is that right? Henk, let's go with that. We can't see the wind, but we certainly do see its impact on this earth. We can't see God, but the writer of the Hebrews is saying, see God's impact in and through his people in this world. And so this word faith appears 24 times in Hebrews chapter 11, and 19 times we get this refrain, by faith, by faith, by faith, Abel, by faith, Enoch, by faith, Noah, by faith, Abraham, by faith, Sarah, and all these people lived before the law was given to God's people. And this is really important because we've got to remember the writer to the Hebrews is writing to Jewish Christians and the Jews would have focused more on the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible. And in writing these names, the writer to the Hebrews is saying, these men and women were not made righteous by the law. They were made righteous by their trust, their childlike trust in God. It was by faith, trusting God through the uncertainties and the challenges and the battles and the enemies they faced, that they saw God at work, believing that God was with them, believing God would deliver them, and believing that God would provide for them. 
So what are the lessons we can learn about how we live by faith from these verses? And I've just got four brief examples that I want us to look at. What does faith in action look like? Well, the first thing is the lesson from Enoch. So have a look at verse 6. It's very easy in the Christian faith, I think, and in church, to revert to law. There's something about our flesh that just wants to revert to law and rules. And we can make the Christian faith more about sort of almost what we're doing. And we have a tendency to tip into religion. When I first arrived at this church, I remember people saying, David, why don't you stand over there? And David, why aren't you wearing this? And David, why aren't we doing that? This is not the core of the Christian life. The heart of the Christian faith is about a personal trust in Jesus as our Lord. That is it. That is the heart of our faith. And as verse 6 tells us, it's this faith and trust in Jesus that pleases God. This is what God is looking for in you and me. You know, people say, what's God's will for my life? The answer is he wants you to trust him with everything this year, today, now. These words in verse 6 are written in the context of Enoch. And Enoch was one of three people who expressly in the Bible, it says they walked with God. Enoch walked with God, Noah walked with God, and Levi walked with God. And I really hope I might get to the end of my life and one day someone might say, there's a man who walks with God. I hope you get to the end of your lives and someone says there's a woman, there's a man who walks with God, who has that childlike trust to look to God for everything. It means to do life with God, to listen to God, to trust in God, to praise God, to speak to God every single day, to be whole life disciples of Jesus. That's our lesson from Enoch. Next is our lesson from Noah, verse 7. Now, I'm not going to um, tell you the story of Noah. I trust you know it. We sung a bit of it this morning. He built, I can't remember all the words, but it's something like a very big boat. Um, But what I do want to draw out from the story of Noah is this, that we must remember Noah built the ark before it rained. I mean, it sounds very obvious. But what that demonstrates is Noah's faith. You know, he, he could have built the ark as the rain started to come down. That would have showed obedience and some faith. But it sounds like he built this ark before Storm Henk, you know, before the rains were torrentially coming down, there was no sign of rain or storm on the horizon. And the reason he did this is because, as it says in these scriptures, Noah had a holy fear of God. He had 
a sense of awe and reverence and respect for God, that when God said, Noah, build this ark, he did it. And we've got to hold together in our heads and our hearts both a, a theology that speaks of the transcendence of God, his might and his awe and his majesty, along with his imminence, that he is close and he's the God who is with you in your life and the God who fills you with his Holy Spirit. But never lose that holy fear. Proverbs 9 says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. This is the lesson of Noah. Then we come to the lesson of Abraham, verse 8. Now, um, if any of you are reading Bible in one year, you would know that yesterday we were reading through Genesis chapter 12. Uh, if you were to flick back now to Genesis chapter 12, uh, which some of you might want to, you will find at the beginning of that chapter, God calls Abraham. And we read this, go from your country, says God to Abraham, your people and your father's household to the land I will show you. Abraham had no idea where he was going. And if he did know, again, that would have shown some faith, but he had absolutely no idea. And then what we read in verse 4 of chapter 12 in Genesis are these three words. So Abraham went. It is obedience and faith together. Faith involves us being obedient. It's actually taking steps out of our comfort zone into the unknown. You know, in a minute we're going to sing that song, Oceans. And I think it's a really good picture of where God wants all of us. He doesn't want us on the shore feeling safe and secure. He wants us in the water with our feet getting wet. Because it's only when we get to the end of ourselves that actually we reach out and with childlike faith we say, God, help me. Because I cannot do this on my own. This is the lesson of Abraham. And finally we come to the lesson of all these saints in verse 13. And this final point is about setting our expectations. God never says, come to me, as I said. He doesn't say, come to me, and all your troubles will disappear. You know, Jesus said, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart because I have overcome the world. And Jesus also says, come to me and deny yourself. Another way of putting it is, die to self. Take up your cross, and follow me. Or in other words, walk with Jesus. Be like Jesus in your life. And the faith that he's asking us to have involves total surrender and committing ourselves to God. In verse 13, we read these words. All these people were living by faith when they died. What the writer of Hebrews is trying to tell us is that all these men and women did not see the fullness of God's promises worked out in their lifetime. 
and nor will you or I. We only see in part. You and I get little glimpses, you know, Rachel's dad and other stories of God's goodness that you can think of now. We get these glimpses, these shards of light, which are the kingdom of God breaking in. But if we were honest, into what is a fairly messy and sinful broken world. And we find ourselves living here on this earth as strangers. And that's what it says here in Hebrews 11. But we're also people of faith and we believe that there is a better place. Our, you know, our hearts and minds know there's something better. There must be something better than this. A better country that lies ahead, as it says in verse 16. A heavenly place. That one day we will see God in all his glory. And the key to seeing this glory in all its fullness is faith. Obedient faith. Lived out in holy fear. Pleasing God as we trust him through the highs and the lows of whatever 2024 brings for all of us. We live in hope of what is to come. And so I want to ask you as we close, again, what would it look like for you to live this year full of faith? What would you do differently in your life? How would it change your perspective and the way that you approach the joys and challenges of your life? And what is God asking you to do this year? How is he asking you to step out in faith? What's it mean for you to walk into that water, trusting him, without having all the answers? So I'm going to suggest we just be still for a moment, maybe close your eyes and ask God to fill you with faith, Ask God what it looks like for you to live with great faith this year, what he wants you to do, what he wants you to do differently. So just be still before God and then Debs is going to come and lead us in a short prayer together and then we're going to return to worship.